This is NAGP Resurrection, show where we talk about all the gaming news for the week. Then we cover a particular topic. After that, we just talk about some game recommendations like we did uh, the week before. And then finish off the show, just our final thoughts. My name is Joseph Burchett. There's Mike. Hola. And then we have the well-together man of the night, Lionel. This is me trying to do my radio voice because Joe refuses. Oh, love you. Get the thing started. We're going to first talk about the news of the week. And the first article we have up here is that GameStop has been completely removed from Puerto Rico. They've closed <laughs> up shop. They're all gone now. Okay. Yeah. So What did they do to Puerto Rico, Joe? What did they, what did they do? They just... They Joe, just, read the article. Oh, God, now i got to open it. It's in Spanish, though. Yeah, I can't read, read, it, read it in Spanish. Just read the first couple sentences. That's not gonna be good because I can't Hola. read Spanish. Wait, it's translating. All right, there we no, go. No, don't translate it. No read Spanish. No, I you don't. I can't. I can't do that. Come on, Joe. <laughs> oh Lord. Hola. We hate GameStop deaths. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. man. I mean, where the fuck is Benicio del Toro gonna get all his games now? Right, <laughs> right. I mean, just pretty much the reason why they're leaving is they're they're basically saying that there's been some challenges with the the government restricting certain things, and it's just making it difficult for them to do business there. So they just decided to pull out completely, which is a shame. I mean, they're saying they're uh, they're closing yeah. out all the shops, man. That's and they said there were oh man, that's 500 people who are gonna be losing their jobs. Yeah. That's so, 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 what you're telling me here is that port, yes. so they didn't they didn't kick GameStop out. No, GameStop <laughs> just abandoned them. Oh, yeah, yeah. that'd be tight if they, had a, if they had a revolution and they just kicked GameStop out. <laughs> they were the cause. <laughs> that's what I was hoping for. Oh man, that's that sucks, man. The fact that people are going to lose their jobs sucks even more. That's just that's hard, yeah. but. That's that's life. You just go to L Walmart. <laughs> L Walmart. Uh, so the next article up here is that Sony. Wait, tried- wait, wait, mm. wait! You didn't read the correction last week. We're looking for an article about amiibo butt plugs, and then uh, we couldn't find it, oh. and we assumed that it had been removed. But actually, what had happened was the site was down for maintenance while we were recording. What are the odds? So, so if you want to go, just Google uh, amiibo butt plugs destructoids. It's it's still there. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was really funny that it just complete, it completely was just offline right as we were talking about it. Mm. What are the odds? Yeah, cool. Uh, yep, so the next article is Sony tries to trademark Let's Play and, of course, pisses off a lot of people. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I can't believe they're trying to do this, though. I mean, it's just... I don't think they, even in the article, I don't think they really give any particular reason. They just, well, I guess the reason is because they know it's popular and they want to make money off of it. Yeah, man. Well, a mean, lot of other people are making shit to make money off of it. Mm. Yeah, and they have their built-in sharing streaming thing into the PS4, so, you know, they figure if if they can put, <laughs> I mean, I don't think anything's stopping them from putting Let's Play on the box, but if they owned it, yeah, uh, it could be a big branding move to say, you can only get your Let's Plays on PS4. <laughs> That'd be such a dick move, though. It would, and it pissed off a lot this of people. This clearly old man, old man business tycoon decision hmm. here. <laughs> well, 
I mean, even if it is, that's acid. It's else. It's smart. Yeah. Just, just to do it. <laughs> Fucking Sony setting up shop across from Microsoft, giving three sixties away. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> oh man, it's a smart business move. I mean, if I was Sony, I'd do it. I mean, it seems like a smart business move, but look what happened, yeah. and look what's going to keep happening. Well, Every you know, let's player is just play into them. I feel like it's they've been really good these past few years um, with the PS4, you know, treating gamers with respect and giving us what we want, and that just seems like such a strange little misstep. Mm. Where it's like if you do that, you're gonna you're gonna lose a little bit of respect for that. Like that's a very corporate business maneuver, and not that you know, not that all of their moves aren't based in business, but. They've also, you know, they've been good at taking care of the players, you know, for the players or whatever their motto is now. So it seems a little strange that that would would happen. Got to, I mean, Sony's a huge company. Maybe it was just some part of the entertainment partner that just decided to do that. I don't know. That, that is kind of weird. You're right. Because, I mean, the past few years, they've been so great with just making the gamers happy really doing really well with supporting the indies and getting all their games out there so it's just i don't know that's kind of that is strange i don't know what their their end goal was i mean they had they should have known that there was going to be a lot of kickback on that but eh. oh well that's sony i'm sure they had something in mind for that all right like i said man business tycoon yeah all right so the next one is Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I wasn't going to say anything important. I was just going to say that. The, okay, so the next article is that EA announces Origin Access, four ninety nine monthly subscription for PC gamers. So it's so I guess this is pretty much just like Microsoft's Gold service and Sony's uh, PSN. What I completely forgot. What's their service they have that allows you access to tons of free games and stuff? No, that's um, PS One, not PS One. <laughs> That's PlayStation uh, fucking uh, uh, totally blanking on the name. Well, it's it's not it's not like the one where they give away free months. It's like PS Now. Yeah. Or, okay. Or probably so. more but, like But that. that's that's streaming. So I mean, this is honestly it's coming from EA. So <coughs> it's a little you know, whatever. But um, I think it's actually a step towards the right direction and probably where media as a whole is going to go in the future which is um, unless something really shows up to like curb piracy um, uh, just, uh, you know paying a, a flat rate each month to, to get all of your content is probably how uh, a lot of things are going to go in the future and we're already there with you know Netflix and Hulu and Spotify like that um like you know to curb pirate piracy you basically have to offer a service that's easier mm. than, than piracy so I, this is an interesting one it's five bucks a month and you get access to you know i think at the moment it's like what 14 or 15 games the thing that struck me about that article is it's not just ea's games they're they're rolling out games that aren't um EA published as well. Hmm. Um, so I think the first one that they have is like um, this war is my this war of mine. They have no. This is yeah. It is good. I mean, it's, it's good for gamers too because then they're just getting more deals and more opportunities to get 
games that they probably wouldn't otherwise be able to get for because they might cost too much or something. So no, it's yeah. I still don't know about Origin. I, I wish I had some numbers knowing how well that's been adopted, but I, I know there was a lot of not a lot of people getting on board with that whole system. But yeah, I think that's the big um, hurdle in this adventure being successful is that people don't trust EA. <laughs> that's right. Um, <laughs> that's kind of a problem. <laughs> but they've been doing good stuff, you know. They've been giving away free games a lot on Origin. Um, so it's for, I have an account. I mean, I rarely use it, but that's more of a time thing. Like I, I have so many Steam games and Origin games that I I don't have time to play them. But um, yeah, it's it's an interesting move, um, and it's one that's I think it's a bigger step than people probably are giving it credit for yeah i mean it's more games is is better uh cool so along the same lines of just kind of offering more services and discounts and stuff like that it seems amazon's jumping right in there too and they're offering their members whoever has prime like 20 percent off games if you have a, a prime uh sub, you know membership and i mean i've had prime for a while uh with amazon and that is, it's an awesome service i mean free shipping uh, it's just you know, did you get the, lots of discounts on certain things? I, I'd say this is like win-win. There's I don't really see anything bad about this. Um, are either you guys? Do you guys have Amazon Prime at all? I don't. Though I might consider this might be the like tipping point. Um, I live in a house with someone who has Prime, and I always found their selection to be a bit more lackluster. Well, simultaneously simultaneously lackluster and at the very least a little bit interesting in comparison to their contemporaries, you know, Hulu, Netflix. They have things neither one of those don't, but they're kind of lacking in other areas too. Like yeah. there's a lot of good stuff on there that you have to pay for even if you have Prime and it's a little frustrating. But mm. um, this this is kind of a tipping point between free shipping the uh, entertainment they have on there and now you can get games on the cheap <clears throat> or cheaper mm. oh no I'm all for this yeah keep in mind too that um, this is like a small detail and I don't think it's going to really affect those many people but this is this deal is only for uh, physical games so if you're going to buy like a Playstation 4 game or Xbox or whatever type of game it has to be like a physical game versus the lots of the oh. digital games they're now selling on there no, no, that's what I was. That's what I was assuming. I was yeah. assuming physical copies. Yeah, I'm thinking about like all the uh, games I want to get that are either either already are collectors' items or are turning into them. Mm. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's finally get those copies of the Gal- Galarians games. I've been wanting for so long. Yeah, and I, f- I find it kind of funny that the whole reason why they're doing this is to purposely just counter. Uh, EA Access and all the other you know big offering all their like subscription other deals that are popping up left and right. So I mean this is great. Competition is always good because then you're going to get this sort of thing happening more often where you're getting really great deals and it's just it's, it just seems great for gamers all around. Free market capitalism, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, you want to talk about uh, um, like business and good moves and stuff like that? This is Amazon fighting in an area where they've got a distinct edge over again their contemporaries yeah yeah i it's weird what was the connection to 
between them saying that who is saying that this is directly correlated with the EA thing? It's from VentureBeat, so maybe it could just be them saying that. I, just, I don't think just it was speculating. Yeah, they're probably speculating that. I'm I, I don't because it it's like dirt cheap digital versus like physical. I don't really. It's kind of two different things, and that and that discount like twenty percent. It's really not that much if you're gonna buy a a full price game that's a little like ten and ten fifteen bucks if that off of like a sixty dollar game. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's it's a lot, but like it. it's it's not definitely not. I don't know. I feel like it's it's not the same ballpark as paying five dollars for like fifteen contemporary games. Oh no, by no means. It's completely different. You're right. I mean, it's a completely different service, and <laughs> it's probably just another. Just it's just another reason to try and get you to use Prime. I mean, that's yeah. really weird. <laughs> But it's, I mean, it's still nice that it's, especially if you are very active already using their Prime service, it's nice to know that if you're a gamer and using that service that you can kind of get a, a slight discount on which you're already probably purchasing many, many games on there. So for that type of person, I can see it being very helpful. But yeah, no, if you're just someone who rarely uses Amazon, probably that EA access subscription thing is probably a better thing if you're doing using Steam more or more PC type games and stuff like that. So just a nice little detail. The next story here is uh, Half-Life writer has left Valve. His name is, I hope I say his last name right, Mark Laidlaw. Did I say that right? I hope I said that right. Yeah. I think I said that right. All right. So he was at half. Uh, he, was, he was at Half Life. No, he was at Valve. <laughs> he, he was at Valve for over eighteen years, and he was their pretty much their main writer for doing the Half Life story. And pretty much his reason reasoning for what I've been reading why he left is he said lots of reasons, lots of personal reasons, but mainly he's just getting old. He's been doing it for so long. He just said it was mm. time to retire. So, and that's one of the reasons he didn't say all of them, but that's it. He said, that's one of the main reasons why he's going, you know, spending time with your family, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. But I mean, that's 18 years. It's a long time. We're having to write all that stuff. So, yeah. Well, he started when he was old. Yeah. I suppose. And, uh, I didn't know who the fuck this guy was until I saw the article, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I, but I threw it in there cause, uh, people, I feel like people clamor for news about Valve and specifically Half Life. People are are so like I, I don't know. People just love Half Life and they want they want Half Life Three so bad, and it's, Valve is just not doing it. And, uh, yeah. And it's funny <laughs> they, they in the article they asked him about it, and he was like, "Well, I don't know. I, you know, I wrote." these other I was part of these other games but that's Valve's business now so they're gonna <laughs> handle that I'm not there yeah uh, basically this this news was uh, great for him for retiring I hope Valve uh, took good care of him but uh yeah it's also kind of no news on the Half-Life 3 front again it's never mm-hmm. gonna be news people god I just I mean you guys have both played the Half-Life uh, Half-Life games right no. What? Okay, you haven't. I actually played, haven't. I've okay. played a little bit of the first one. I see. Uh, so what did you, I bet it's been a while, but 
from what you remember of the story, what did you did you like it or not? Or I mean, you... I probably only paid like the first hour, maybe two hours. Okay, so, so you didn't go that far into it. Gotcha. Uh, it seemed <coughs> it seemed cool, but I, I mean, I never I st- I came into it way late too, so mm. everything was just like already outdated. But um, yeah, there is a there's like an upgrade or like a, a fan mod where they remade Half Life in Half-Life 2's engine, I think. So I've been meaning to pick that up uh, someday. But I just have never dived into Half-Life. Yeah, I mean, they're good. I mean, I played all the ones that that have been out so far. I mean, they're good games. It's not... I've always been kind of like fascinated by this obsession with Half-Life and how everyone just are so desperately clamoring for the third one. And the story is just... I mean, it's a it's just a sci-fi... Careful, Joe. This is Half Life here. It's the game. Boring. It is. Well, it's, I, yeah. You know, um, they're maybe slow. No, uh, well, actually, well, they're purposely slow. I mean, it's, it's yeah. They're trying to. Know. They do a lot of setup. I don't want to go too far into the stories and stuff like that. But I mean, just for for what they are, I get why people like them. But they're not like the most amazing piece of thing out there. Yeah, so. I mean, I just think uh, with me coming into it so late, like playing the, the first intro you're like riding on a tram sort of through this facility and i think you see sort of things happening around you and um i think i read something later on that said that it was the first game to kind of do something like that like i think it was kind of the first game to um tell you a narrative story without pulling you out of being in the game yeah so you're not you're not looking at cutscenes. You're in them. Yeah. Yeah. No, it it definitely did. Kind of like pave the way for that type of storytelling, or well, you know, kind of really help get it out there. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's. I mean, personally, I'm not. You know, if Half Life Three comes or doesn't come, I'm not really gonna. It doesn't really. <laughs> I don't really care either way. But uh, it's. Yeah. It's anyway. There you go. Anyway, it's nice yeah. to know this guy. Maybe these, maybe the Half-Life lot. games just aren't for us. I guess, I suppose. Hopefully the uh, Half-Life fans out there get their game eventually, and I will also hope that it doesn't end up being a Duke Nukem Forever. No, I don't or think it will be Or a Metal that. Gear Solid Five. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you poor, poor bastard. Oh. But yeah, I've heard a, I've heard people talk about this, you know, um, on other shows that they really just don't have to make it. <laughs> no, it's it's they have so much money already. Yeah, um, but that's kind of good because I mean it means I'm sure there's at least design docs for it and outlines written. Who knows if people are actually working on it? But whether where wherever production is at. Um, they can take their time. They can take as much time as they need, which is, which is a good thing. Yeah, it's called Steam. They just they have <laughs> Steam, so they don't really need to do anything at this point. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, the next story is Metal Gear Online PC beta is up. Have you got a chance to play that, Mike? Is it actually yeah, live? I'm house sitting, so I don't have my PC. But oddly enough, I'm house sitting in a place that has a PS4, so I could try it. Mm. Try it, but it's been live on console for a while. But um, <coughs> yeah, 
so if you opt into the beta, the beta, you can get into it. But actually, there was a hiccup on the first day. Um, they they fucked up. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's interesting. Like I plan on jumping into this, but I'm sort of like, if I jump into this, how are they going to dangle these micro traction micro transactions in front of me? Mm. And if so, am I going to take the bait? And I really don't want to because I don't want to give Konami any more money than I have already. <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm honestly fine with never giving Konami another cent. Yeah. Uh, the last money that I gave them was th- for the costume DLC for MGS5. But at this point, I, I really do not want to support them or give them any money. But at the same time, team worked really hard on MGS Five um, and the multiplayer, so I, I do want to try it. And I want to dive in, but you know, we'll <laughs> and we'll see how long that's supported. I think probably when the microtransactions die out, they'll probably cut those servers. Mm. But the good thing is it's on PC, so people we'll will keep, keep it going. Alive. Yeah, do their own private servers or something. That would, that'd be cool. I'm just kind of curious if they were to do microtransactions, what do you think they would do it? Like, how would they use it? Do you have any ideas or have they said? Um, well, they do do microtransactions, you know, costume DLC. And oh, all that. This okay. shit. Cosmetic so, stuff. Yeah. Um, I think there might be weapon stuff too, but I'm not sure. Hmm. All right. So. The next story here is Hitman pre-orders canceled on PSN. And I like their reasoning. I always always love it when developers say this. It, they're, they canceled it because they basically said they needed, they needed more time. They needed to fix bugs. <laughs> they needed to polish stuff. They needed to just... And I am totally okay with a, a game developer just giving just giving them more time to actually make sure their game is good and not buggy and just having you know, just constant crashes and or just stuff like that. That... Yeah. We have so too much you, of that these days. Did you read the second article about that? Uh, no, I only read this particular one they were talking about. Okay, Why? well, I put another article underneath. So this is what they said, but if you read that article, it says that they didn't actually move the date at all. Um, so Which one? The Hitman reboot to the, episodic? The one, the one that you just talked about. In that one, it, it says they canceled pre-orders, you know, and it's kind of jumbo article they were like oh yeah we need more to make the game better but they didn't actually change the release date ah okay Uh, so the second article kind of just clarified what was happening Hmm. what actually happened which is and looking at all this you can just tell that development was a fucking it's probably a mess Hmm. (laughs) because it's and it was probably taking way too long so what they've done and I'm actually kind of okay with the solution for this but but a little wary because who knows what the fuck is going on over there um, but if it's the same team that did Absolution I have, I have faith um, they're actually cutting it up and making it episodic so the, the first like um, so the first missions and areas are going to come out on like March 11th I think mm. and it'll be a sandboxy area with a couple of message, uh, missions and they'll sell it for like 10 bucks 10 to 15 bucks I think they said and then so basically as they finish these other levels and missions 
they'll bring in oh you know new episodes so it's it's definitely an interesting solution to get this thing out the door um, because obviously development wasn't going as fast as they as they'd hoped um, and hopefully these things are polished when they come out because I mean I really liked Absolution so I really hope at least with Hitman is that when they break this game up into the separate pieces that they're actually kind of redesigning stuff so it kind of fits that model versus just trying to split you know the core design into just into separate chunks did you play Absolution? I did not so I don't know so for sure basically it's it's um, it's broken up into chapters and each chapter is a mission that's a sandboxy area and 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 that's the whole level so basically and they're they kind of stand alone on themselves and you can go back and replay missions so I think that's basically what we're getting so it should work okay um, and that's always how the hitman games have been um, so now they're just kind of selling it to you in pieces and I guess when it's done, the whole thing it will be sixty bucks. Sixty bucks will be the season pass, I suppose. Um, okay. But that... yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, but you know, same thing happened to MGS Five. Mm. Um, at least from where I stand to look at things, is Konami was breathing down Kojima's neck, saying, "We got to make money on this. You're going over budget, and that's why they put out Ground Zeroes." Mm. Well, it sounded like from what you just said that, yeah, that the, that the game's already kind of built that way. So I, there shouldn't yeah. be a problem at all. That's great to hear, actually. The whole thing seems indicative of larger problems with development. So we'll see. How long, don't know how long that particular game has been in development. Do you know? Has, has it been like a couple of years? I've probably, but I feel like they announced it. Like, actually, I think they announced it like a a year or two ago because Absolution wasn't that long ago mm. that was like two years ago and and then the Hitman uh, I remember seeing screens from it and being really surprised um, I think probably like early last year but don't quote me on that um, so yeah it feels like it's a quick turnaround mm. I remember hearing again that it was coming out and being like oh really it's already being finished up which you know <coughs> It might not be. We'll see. Yeah. I I um I hope that it's good. Cool. Uh, as do I. I I mean, for the little bit of Hitman that I did play, I actually did enjoy it very much. They are a very fun game, so it should do well. All right. Cool. So the next uh, article here is Bobby Kodak of Activision Blizzard hires Stacy Sher as co-president of the film division. So I guess all their new property and uh, new properties, well, I guess new properties and existing properties like Call of Duty, Skylanders, you know, Starcraft, just pretty much all the, <laughs> God, they own so many big name games. Uh, so I guess that's going to eventually start being turned yeah. into TV shows and other things related to that. And she's going to yeah. be the one responsible for it. So I got some questions. Yeah. Um, film division and... Who is this person? Uh, she did. She worked on a bunch of films as a producer. She actually worked on The Hateful Eight. Did not know that. Yeah, and she's a, got serious clout. Hmm. There's a big list in the article. Yeah, like she worked. Okay. With she's at with Disney. She's done a whole bunch of TV shows. Yeah, she's got a. She knows what she's doing. So okay, is, that's good. That's really yeah. good actually. But I guess, and I know, um, was it three four three Industries? Yes, that's their name. Uh, I know they basically. With Microsoft, they're doing their own set of TV shows and 
stuff outside of games like comics and whatever and if i mean if they're going to start doing that with all of activision's properties that could be really interesting i know there's already going to be a world of warcraft movie i don't know if i uh, that have you guys seen the trailer for that i did mm. see the trailer i'm kind of indifferent on warcraft related stuff <laughs> well it's not a, it's not a world of warcraft movie anymore it's just warcraft i think yeah but, uh, and i really like duncan jones and uh I guess now would be a good time to say condolences to him. Yeah. He's a big gamer. His dad just died, David yeah. Bowie. Yeah. Um, but I'm a big fan of uh, his work. Um, I thought uh, Moon is, that's a, that's a film that's going in a science fiction lexicon. <laughs> yes. Forever. That's so- an amazing movie. And uh, I forget the name of his fucking second movie, but that it was good too. I enjoyed it. But, I like him, but I saw the trailer. They played it in 3D before Star Wars, and it really just went straight into my eyeballs and out my ass. Just <laughs> did not care. Yeah, it's... I I don't know what to think about that movie. It doesn't... It's not doing it for me, <laughs> doing it for me either. Uh, I don't know how it's going to do. Uh, which movie? The Warcraft movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe that will be the next big video game movie. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I doubt it. Um, I feel like it, it might be a decent movie, but I just don't think people are going to go see it. Yeah. But who knows? I mean, people still play World of Warcraft, and I don't know how that community feels about it. They might be super stoked. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Mm. But I know. Back to the article. Uh, I think it's an interesting move it's uh it's definitely a bobby kodak business move and activision is just they're trying to take over the world right now so uh, i'm I'm interested i think uh a starcraft movie would be more up my alley i would really love to see that i mean they would make a truckload of money if they turn skylanders into a, a cartoon i mean can you imagine like i can't believe it hasn't happened already but a fucking Call of Duty movie? Like, holy <laughs> shit. Get, Mike, like, Michael Bay. Yeah, I get Michael Bay or fucking just, like, yeah, Michael really. Mann or someone to direct <laughs> that shit. I mean, yeah. that could be amazing. That could be... It could be... It could be really... It could be like they could go Zero Dark Thirty with it. They could go Starship Troopers with it. I mean, a couple different directions Starship you could go. Troopers. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, that is the one thing I actually do enjoy. Because whenever I, I haven't been playing the Call of Duty games as of late, but I used to play them a lot. And the one thing I really did enjoy about them is it's a roller coaster ride. It's just lots of crazy, fun explosions and lots of loud things happening and just shiny things. It just, it's just fun to experience. It's just in your face. For yeah. that, for that, I like it. Yeah, it's it's cool to shit on Call of Duty these days. But the bottom line is they're good games. And- yeah. They control incredibly well, and they've set a s- standard in the industry as far as production value goes, and um, just that control scheme. That shit's ubiquitous now. They pretty much just blaze the trail for all that stuff. Yeah. So, all right, <laughs> all right. So this article is Snoop Dogg lashing out of Bill Gates on Instagram, ranting why Xbox Live went down. Oh, Snoop Dogg, did you guys watch it? Yeah, man, he went to <laughs> yeah. He went, he went off. to Bill's house and 
and painted blood on the door. You might as well have. Put the mark on it. I, I mean, I, I recommend watching this this video, man. He's he's got his glasses on. He's just he's ready to go. Yeah, he's yeah. using his, his serious voice. Yeah. No, he's 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 just he's angry. He wants it fixed yeah. now. Yeah, Snoop is mad, but uh, I mean, it's interesting to to look at from you know part of you step back and look at where this fits uh, into the the cultural zeitgeist lexicon. I was about to say, just say it. Just shit. say it. Actually, I was going to say lexicon, but I just used lexicon in a sentence that I didn't want to do it again. <laughs> but um, anyway, zeitgeist because. Snoop is, you know, he's a person of influence, and a lot of people who follow him play games too. So, if he's out there saying like Microsoft servers are shutting down while I'm playing multiplayer games, and I'm all about multiplayer games, and I'm considering going to Sony, that it's not a good look for Microsoft. So, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what Microsoft says because <laughs> they might, they might have to say something. It also means if you got a Microsoft console, you stand the chance of doing co-op with Snoop. Yeah, unless the servers are down. <laughs> no, down. no, he is. You're right. He is very influential. A lot of people will listen to him, and I think, <laughs> I think they will actually respond to him and probably try getting it working again. Because yeah. when a big celebrity starts, you know, if it's Kim Kardashian, whoever it is, when they start talking, you know, about just xbox or pretty much any product that product's going to respond i mean yeah if you go to the if you with your boys and you're at the store and you like should i get ps4 xbox you know it's like oh well my boys got xbox but i heard snoop saying that the fucking network's down all the time so (laughs) i better get a ps4 like let's all get ps4s yeah so it's it's interesting it's yeah, not just, it's not just a funny little side. This it, it it matters in a small way, but so have some in. Some something else I I also found interesting about um, Snoop. It, it's he he is kind of everywhere. I mean, he's especially like going into the tech world when Twitter was trying to see who their next CEO was going to be. Tw- uh, Snoop Dogg actually on Twitter was saying that he'll he'll do it. He'll be the next. He'll be the next CEO, and I mean, it was all over all the tech blogs and everything. And he was very serious about it for quite a while, and everyone was talking about it. And you know, people thought it was you know thought it was a joke and everything. But the fact is, you know, when when Snoop says something, people will listen, and yeah. it does make a difference. So uh, it's it is important yeah. to listen to these type of people with these kind yeah. of things because it's yeah, it's on Twitter talking about I'll be the CEO double jizzle shizzle <laughs> yeah it's pretty influential characters that's true man and snoop's a hustler like not only is mm-hmm. he a hustler but he has like access to the world everybody knows who fucking snoop is yeah he can if and he's still like he's still got like the hello like hungry hustle in him where like if he sees an opportunity he'll be like shit i'll do this or let's do this like this like he started his own youtube show now he's Mm-hmm. He's a busy he's, man. Yeah, I mean he's cool. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it is kind of fun. like a lot of these, just people, like in the music biz- music industry and even celebrities are now 
starting to become investors and now it's starting to become more involved with just video games and just all these different things. So I don't know, it's, it's kind of funny to see usually someone you just see as just some sort of music or pop star, but behind the scenes, they're doing crazy stuff and they have a lot more power than you think. So I always thought that was pretty interesting. All right. So our final story for tonight is um, actually Mike, since you, put this here, I believe, I want you to talk a bit more about this one. A conversation with the man behind the ambitious 200,000 Star Wars RPG Kickstarter. What exactly was that all about? <laughs> mm. let, me, let me pull this up, uh, but I'll explain basically. So what happened is this, and we don't, I don't think we have an age on him. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this Somebody made a Kickstarter for uh, a Star Wars game. They're like, you know what? No one's making a Star Wars game. That's uh, uh, a it's an RPG. Um, so I'm just gonna do it. <laughs> and he started a fucking Kickstarter for it. <laughs> uh, but the description is very um, suspect. I mean, let me see this. Let's see. Here's the full text of the Kickstarter pitch. It says. Uh, like many of us, when we were kids, we wanted to be like Luke Skywalker or Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hmm. Uh, spelled completely wrong. But like all of us, we do not live in a galaxy far, far away. There might be another way, though. With all the open-world RPGs out there, how is there not a good one for Star Wars? I think he's overlooking a couple games there. <laughs> I've decided to take matters into my own hands and write a story in the Star Wars universe that will fit inside a RPG video game. I am currently looking into talking with Disney if I am able to do this. Okay. <laughs> if not, then there might have to be a compromise in the name or some other parts. I need your help. I'm not a very good programmer, and I'm an even worse artist. Uh, I want to put this project into the hands of professionals, but in order to do that, I need money to hire them. This was my dream as a kid. I hope you can share my same compassion. Thank you. Oh, oh. Okay, okay. Let me just say, I'm not going to uh, uh, diss what he's doing, but instead say that if that's all I need, then, you know, look forward to my new Kickstarter project. Yeah. Alien Clash Episode 1. <laughs> I... Man, I want this to happen for him so badly because it seems like this is a dream, like a lifelong dream of his to make this happen. But the biggest barrier of entry for this, it's called Disney. And that's my, <laughs> And if he can't, oh man, I feel bad for him now. Well, yeah, I mean, I think an even bigger barrier is that he has no team and knows nothing about video games or programming or, or art. Well, that, okay, that's not, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's what I'm kind of stuck on. That's, okay, that is, is a, that, that is a hurdle, but money can fix that problem. You fix it, you can't fix the problem of Disney. Yeah, but it's not his money is the thing. What do you mean? He's asking other people to give him money based on an idea that he thinks is good. Yeah, it's called Kickstarter. That's the whole point of Kickstarter. They give you money. Yeah, but there's normally that. something besides the idea. You have some some art or some a writer, a name. Uh, yeah. You would, some proof of concept. Do you, you have anything on there? <laughs> you would be amazed how many people on Kickstarter, especially people who are making board games or card games, who only in the pitch video just talk about their idea and this end up getting funded. This guy didn't even have a video. 
We just wouldn't. Joe, did, did you read this article? <laughs> no, that's why I asked you to do it. I didn't get a chance to read it yet. Okay. Well, yeah, let's see. Board games, are, board games and card games are wholly different from digital games. You should know this very well no. as a designer yourself. I understand that. I'm just saying that if you can, if your pitch is well enough, and if he doesn't have a video, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. But uh, I'm just saying that if you can, I mean, it's people will give you money if you can, you know, just pitch your idea well enough. And I've seen it happen on Kickstarter before, but once again, if there's no I video, mean, I, I don't know if you were paying attention to what I was reading. This but pitch didn't sound too was, well either. It was obvious yeah. mistakes. <laughs> he <laughs> right, spelled well, Obi Wan Kenobi. Okay, maybe people will feel sorry for him. I don't know. He he claimed to have he wants the game to have the graphics of Battlefront or better. The graphics of Battle. Okay, R- uh, risk. R- uh, Risk and Challenge yeah, sure. section says, pleasing all Star Wars fans. All right. Uh, hmm. yeah, this doesn't sound like um, someone who's, who's got a well-thought-out no. Like I bet this guy doesn't even have a, a design doc written up or even started for and that. He doesn't know what that is. Let, um, me, let me look at the Kickstarter sounds, page. This hey, well, it's down. What if let me, oh, it's, it's, it's canceled. It's up. Yeah, let me just designer. keep reading. So... This person interviewed him, and uh, he says, I have no idea about games. He says, I know nothing about the budget. So when I first made the Kickstarter page, I figured $200,000 sounds like a good number. I didn't think things would blow up like they did. I figured some people would say that this needs to happen. Maybe Disney would contact me to do this. Mm. Um, okay. If I, got, if I got permission from Disney with the credibility of a Kickstarter that made $200,000, investors would be swarming in. If someone with no experience got two hundred thousand, then obviously these people want it. People are going to buy this game. Um, okay. Um, re- reflecting on the lessons of the experience, he says, "Really proofread your crap before you send it out." He says that, and just take, and just to take a step back and plan a bit more before you do something. <laughs> so, um, where did he get the inspiration? to put his dream into motion via Kickstarter. He was inspired. We were driving along and I was looking at my friend's life and looking at my life and I was like, I'm getting nowhere. I'm going to do something. The first thing that came to mind was Star Wars because I had just watched it in the theater the day before. Okay. All right. Um, (laughs) I, yeah, I should have read this article. Um, (laughs) uh, I pre- yeah, I don't. I really don't think he thought, like you said, it would even come yeah. through to get as big as it got. Well, I mean, he's got Moxie. Yeah, he says. Uh, yeah. yeah, he says I just wanted to show that anyone can make a difference. He mm. told me, and it's hard not to find his enthusiasm infectious. Says the article. Totally, um, which is cool. I mean, I get the feeling he's probably like um, high functioning autistic or something. <laughs> but um, that's not. Don't laugh at that, Joe. You could. I know, it's. The thing about it is the reason he had so much money is because it was Star Wars and it was completely ridiculous. Mm. <laughs> um, so he at least had sort of a known quantity going for him. Even though it does not sit well, he got canceled. It does seem like he did learn. His name is Devin, it seems. It does seem like Devin did learn a lot from this experience. And yeah. I actually, and I do hope that he does continue on, even if it's meaning that he learns how to start coding or designing or, or whatever. But I hope he does, even if yeah. it's like an independent game, I hope he does go through with it and make something. Yeah, I mean, I think he, uh, he probably, um, at the very least, he's like, wow, this is, you know, 
he it started getting out of control, but there was interest. So he's probably got a little taste of the power at this point. But let me go over his uh, his uh, goodbye <laughs> on the campaign page. Um, said I'd like to start off by saying I'm sorry to Disney for using their logo and name. Um, having said that, I find it very disturbing that you want to report me to them as if they didn't already know. You truly want to see some be in debt for the rest of their life because they had a dream for a video game that they never created. Very selfish and very ironic. Um, it's not really ironic, I don't think. But Disney was created because Walt Disney had a dream, was it not? I find it ironic. Yeah, he goes, he goes <laughs> on for a while. And he goes on. He says, I'm taking this Kickstarter down myself. Uh, Disney has not contacted me to tell me to shut it down for those of you who think you own Disney. I'm taking the Kickstarter down because I very much respect Disney. I don't want it to get big. I love all of their Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I always wanted to be Captain Jack, but I think Mr. Depp is too good to be replaced. I have faith that somewhere in the future, a game like the one I described will be made by Disney slash EA slash Lucasfilm slash Bioware or whoever is going to do it. Thirdly, I know my spelling and grammar sucks. But all you need is the force, and you will do okay in life. <laughs> I wrote the entire thing on my phone while in Childress, Texas with a Juan bar. So I did not care for spelling mistakes because of that, and I really didn't think I'd actually be doing this. As many of you pointed out, I am highly unqualified. <laughs> the point of this whole Kickstarter is not to let your dreams be dreams. Don't say tomorrow, just do it. Devin Tripp, thanks for all the backers. Made this whole thing extra funny. Hmm. What's a Juan bar? Yeah, I've never heard of that before. <laughs> oh, no. He capitalized but, but Devin, it. Devin, if you're listening to this, you have, and I mean this without any kind of joking, expired, inspired me a bit. You, you got balls, son. Hmm. I respect that. And I need I need them. I need some of them. Loan them out to me. Cajones! <laughs> yeah. Yes. Do not give up on your dream, sir. Yeah. That is important. Godspeed, Devin Childress. All right. I think that is a nice way to end our news part of the show. So on to the topic of the night, which would be video game console cycle. So, Lionel, I know this is a topic that you picked. So kick it off for us. What was yours? Okay. Um, I want to say, I can't can't remember if it's a... technical term for is like a fifth generation sixth generation or what but the generation i'm talking about is the time of the ps2 dreamcast gamecube and xbox and while they i think that i can't remember if there was a window of time where they were all out and active at the same time but um it's my favorite because it, it's kind of a peak in regards for gaming to me in the sense that it's the last time each console felt distinctive. Hmm. And let me uh, say in the sense that, for example, if you wanted the most variety, you would probably go with the PS2. If you wanted to bring the PC gaming experience to a console, you'd go with the Xbox. You wanted to bring the arcade home, there's the Dreamcast. And if you just want that classic Nintendo experience, there's a GameCube. It's like Nintendo with a graphical overhaul. And you didn't get the system because, oh, they have the best games. Oh, they have this functionality, that functionality. It really came down to what experience you wanted. And 
don't really feel like you get that. Yeah. That, that and of course, I just like the games out at the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. Um, both consoles out right now are pretty homogenous. Yeah. Um, basically, the only... I feel like Sony only has is the only one that has a lock on anything exclusive. Everything Microsoft has goes to PC, and honestly, most of what Sony has goes to PC as well, or will. Uh, they just they have a couple of key franchises that won't ever see it. But I mean, really, they're not that different of machines. <laughs> no, there's yeah. really not much there. Uh, yeah. It's. It's getting to the point where that there's really not much <laughs> there's really not much else that one can do that the, that the other one's not already doing. I mean, it's just I think we've gotten to that point. I mean, there's VR and all that kind of stuff, but it just seems like once one does it, then the other one immediately does it after. And power-wise, which one is more powerful? Are they equally as, as powerful or is the PS4 PS4 slightly more slightly powerful. Slightly, okay. Yeah, because the because the the generation before that it was the, P, the PS3 that just like blew the Xbox out of the water, but yeah, it, they really do seem to be the same this time. But um, but yeah, Lionel, the, the, yeah, go ahead. Another thing I liked too, and and this is just a aspect of the time, is that it didn't feel like we were kind of didn't feel like the point we're at now where. And maybe this is just me. It doesn't feel like there's a whole lot more like area untouched for us to really explore. I mean, there's like VR. There's this new thing, and maybe maybe there's some something to be said for touch control being really figured out. But it still wasn't the like un- undiscovered frontier that gaming was even back then. Right, and. There's also the element of the time period where I guess it was probably like this was probably an ideal point for me in gaming where it had some appeal outside of your hardcore gamers but was still very much a niche. And there's there's a lot of good that comes out of it becoming more than the niche, but some bad too. Especially the drink. No, I think I think the biggest um, you know, instance of calling the wheat from the shaft was uh or chaff, call the wheat from the chaff. Yeah, um, was the 16-bit era, and all the um, I don't know what you'd call them. Every uh, console that came out around that time that was a graphical powerhouse in comparison to the, the SNES, the Genesis, but just fell. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so, actually, speaking of those. The the, S, the SNES and uh, Super Nintendo and all those kind of that sixteen bit era yeah, the or I'm looking at Wikipedia right now and that's considered to be the fourth generation and right right around that time that's when the the top consoles that were out was Neo Geo Super uh, Super Famicom or the or the SNES um, the, I never heard of this one the Pioneer Laser Active that was that's a name i think that was a laser disc that was probably that and then there was a sega genesis and then the pc engine or slash turbo graphics and then right around that time that's when all the handhelds started coming out like the game boy and the game gear and all that kind of stuff and 
So for me personally, the fourth generation, that was like right when the graphics started to start started to get really good and the sound started to get really great and all the explosion of handhelds and that's where things I that that's my favorite one by far because that's where a lot of great games were coming out on the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis and they were really trying to take advantage of all these you know all the new technology that were was coming out for to improving the sound and the graphics and the port and making everything really portable so uh, for me that that whole experience was fantastic because it really changed a whole lot oh, of yeah. things and introduced people to a lot of really new cool stuff. So you, you guys that was like the Wild the... West back then. Oh yeah, there's so many different uh, handhelds. It's the, so, just so many directions. Everyone was going in. Go ahead, Mike. You remember the ads for the Game Boy Pocket? Yeah, it, it was like I remember wanting one of those so bad. I have one still. Um, it's purple. It's tight. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's, it's purple. such a... I love that purple. It's a very nostalgic purple. I remember getting it on Christmas. It's fucking tight. My cousin's got it too with the Game Boy camera. I still have my Game Boy camera too. And I have a Game Boy printer that I ordered off the internet. Yeah. But, uh... So... Anyway, yeah. Anyway, I remember the ads were like... It was a conveyor belt system. And, uh putting together like the Game Boy Pocket and the last part of the conveyor belt was it was like a a robot hand that took the machine and shoved it in the guy's back pocket <laughs> and then the guy would walk out oh, and yeah. another guy would show up those were some crazy commercials back then it's just yeah. they were so creative <laughs> you know people screaming about blast processing yeah, yeah. I mean, the commercials have always, they always get out of hand. I was just, you know what I was watching with my new roommate the other day? You guys remember Marcus? Marcus, Marcus, Marcus. I do not know. Let me, let me rephrase that. Marcus, PSP. Marcus, PSP. Nope, no. still not ringing a bell. Remember that? No. It was an ad campaign for well, the PSP. Well, somebody listening did. <laughs> it, was, it was the, uh, the fucking, um... I bet if the I kid, saw it. The, the kid from Role Models. The little black kid. Oh, jeez. That kid. Oh, God. He was... They, they uh, set him up as this character, Marcus. Uh, oh, yeah. He's talking about Skyping his grandma at some point. Yeah, probably something like that. <laughs> and he Part of the ad campaign was him talking shit about like handheld devices. Or not handheld, but, but playing games on your phone and shit. <laughs> Marcus Rivers. That's what yeah, they named. Yeah, Marcus <laughs> That's a name. Such a weird campaign. <laughs> but yeah, what was your favorite generation, Joe? That was it. I just, I just said mine. That was, that was yours. Yeah. So, um, how about you, Mike? What was your favorite? Uh, so, mm. I think you already know my answer, but let me take it step by step because yeah. I, I have fun memories of lots of generations and they mean different things to me so like that generation the fourth generation you know or maybe a little bit before um first uh, i remember playing my uncle's atari um and he just had that leftover from like the 70s uh and then i got a nintendo when i was young but by that point i think super nintendo was already out and so eventually i got like the genesis and i have very fond memories of that. It's kind of my, well, for lack of a better word, 
it's a horrible pun, but it was the genesis of kind of my obsession. I remember obsessing over like Mortal Kombat and Moonwalker and renting those like dozens of times. That was my like little kid, latchkey kid at home phase, you know? And then mm-hmm. I had the then we moved into the N sixty four era and I and I had that and then that was kind of the era where my taste really changed because I, I loved my N sixty four but then I was still kind of in the same phase, but then I started to become a teenager, and that's when the PlayStation came out. And that was, to me, that was, I wanted a PlayStation so badly, and I was so happy when I finally got it. It just felt like the future. Like Metal Gear Solid 1, playing that demo, I was just like, oh my god, this is like, I'm sucked into an action movie, and the controller vibrates, and all this crazy shit and you know i played my first real rpg which final fantasy 8 on there that was that was just an amazing time tony hawk 2 just so many games that just pulled me in and just let me escape from my awful teenage reality (laughs) um so that's probably my favorite. And I mean, things just got better. Like, that's hard to pick a favorite because after that, that was like sort of PS2 Dreamcast era was when I met Jumper Cables in high school and we used to go to a friend's house and play his Dreamcast. Well, Marvel versus Capcom 2. Yeah, Marvel vs. Capcom 2. I mean, the Dreamcast is an amazing console. It's one of my favorites. But those were just, that's, each generation just tied to a different personal life experience for me. Um, and I really enjoyed that time. And then after that, maybe things weren't so special just cause it was older, you know? Mm. Um, I mean, I love the PS three, but the PS one and that library of games is really what's set in stone for me. Like this is we're seeing the potential of games starting to get fully realized, you know, as far as music and sound presentation. And I I don't care what anybody says. I still love the way old PS one games look. I think MGS one is gorgeous. I think Final Fantasy eight is gorgeous. Um, Those are just beautiful, beautiful games. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's, I guess that's my answer. I'm still surprised whenever I go back and play Metal Gear Solid on the PlayStation, how amazing that game is. It just it's like mind blowing oh, yeah. how amazing that game is. It's just, yeah. It's really Yeah, I like I'll do that sometimes too in the whole time. I'll like I'll discover something and be like, God damn, my Kojima's a genius. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's there's still I was thinking about it the other day, like even just all the the hidden codec conversations. Just the attention to detail. I, I probably said this on the show before already, but you know, just little interactions where you'll call somebody and they'll say something, but if you called somebody else who corrected something that you would say to that person, if you called them first, they would correct it in the second conversation. <laughs> wow. It's just like tiny little things like that. And just like, 
mm-hmm. and the whole game is just filled with little things like that as it's a masterpiece definitely Ko- I agree with that Kojima-san's Pieta <laughs> I want him to make movies I really do I would love to see what kind of movie he can make he probably is going to do it alright cool uh, it's I so I on to we've got the topic all done out of the way on to the next lovely part which is we talk about games that we've been playing that we would like to recommend to everyone who's listening uh, to shake it up a bit Mike how about you first let's shake it up shake it up shake it up a bit <laughs> uh, I haven't really played uh, much since last week uh, but I did finally start up Candy Crush <laughs> Jelly Saga oh. and it's amazing <laughs> they just like it's funny to people love to talk shit about these games, but they step up their fucking game every time. Like if you look at the first Candy Crush, it's like kind of plain and simple, and then Soda Saga, it's just like they focused on the sound effects and sort of the design of this journey that you're going on, and uh, and they stepped it up again. It's just like it looks and feels like good when you play it. It's just satisfying all the little noises it makes and the score like <laughs> that's i actually i love the score in mm. candy crush soda saga and this one's good too but it sounds like the most whimsical like 90s alan Silvestri shit ever <laughs> i don't know it's it's fun and the i love like the ui of the road it's like you'd have to see it like you scroll forward so you're moving into the background but you can scroll the whole landscape it's really cool i think those are like the most shit upon and underrated games like ever but uh (laughs) so yeah that's my answer go download it it's great are you a fan of peggle peggle at all uh yeah i mean i've played a little bit and uh like probably like demo on an xbox 360 at some point, but yeah, those those are fun. Those are cool. All right, how about you, Lionel? Got a game for us? Um, I mean, I'm still working my way through um, Chroma Squad. Yeah, yeah. If I can mention something else, I played a lot in my time of like a uh, indie darling called uh, Noe Two Love Two: The Evolution. Oh, I like that game. But, Holy shit. The game is so good. I'm serious deja vu. Yep. I <laughs> I remember editing a podcast back in the day, six or seven years ago, and there must have been something wrong with the audio at this point, but I remember hearing you say Noito Love 2 like 40 times. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, I was super, super pumped for it. Yeah, I finally got around to playing it, and it's like a very i guess the best word to describe it is uncanny in the sense that it feels very much like a treasure game but no treasure game was ever released with pc controls as in you move with the keyboard and the mouse uh, to use various different attacks it's like the treasure game that treasure never released it's um you know if you enjoyed those old um Genesis games with the uh, frantic action, the nonstop uh, 
I don't want to say action again, but just nonstop explosions and chaos, uh, the larger-than-life bosses. Uh, every character's got like, charisma and personality coming out of their butt, from the smallest of grunts to the uh, largest of screen-filling enemies. And, you know, there's this uh, adorably silly storyline going on in the background. If, if you love games like that, then you'll love this one. It's what is this? A lot game? of fun. It feels a bit overlooked. Is this an RPG? No, it's a um, what would you call it? Like a like a run and gun side scroller. Kinda, yeah. Kind of like like a like dating a, sim. Imagine. God no! Oh god! Oh look! <laughs> Don't ever do that, Mike. Oh god! Noito love oh. too. Yeah, it's pretty far from that. It's like a super heavy action side scrolling game. Yeah, think Gunstar Heroes, except your character like zips around the screen using Kung Fu. Ah, Kung Fu is good. Yes, I like it. I like Kung Fu. And also lots of explosions, because you're fighting crazy robots. Called Darns. It's a great game. (laughs) It's amazing. It's it's fun. It's a short, too. Like, I think you can play. There's a scoring mechanic that'll keep you coming back. And unlockable characters. Nice. Yeah, uh, if anyone, I, I, the only thing that sucks about it is that it's only, well, I guess this isn't going to be too big of a problem for people, but it's only on Windows, not on Mac, but once again, I'm pretty sure yeah. most people listening are probably going to have a Windows machine, but um, yeah, definitely play it. I think you can download the demo for free, can't you? I thought you could. Yeah, you can download the demo for free and the first Nui 2 Love completely free as well. Yeah, that's what I thought definitely worth playing it's a really fun game uh cool all right so the game i would like to recommend is actually it's a game that just came out yesterday and it's by it's one of adult swim's newest game it's called pocket morty's and for anyone who's into (laughs) who's into the show rick and morty it's basically rick and morty meets pokemon so jesus yeah it's really so is this is this using that um plot element yeah, so I don't want to give away anything because okay. for people who okay. actually watch Rick and Morty, they know that it actually is like a, an actual story there connecting everything together. And uh, it it picks up a little bit. Anyway, I would say just play. If you're into Rick and Morty, like if you're a huge fan of the show and its craziness and all the weird things that happen and the, the really strange characters, then it's 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 all of that. And, and more. It's really a great game. And if you like Pokemon, it's the way it looks. It's got the feel of Pokemon, Sapphire, and Ruby. It's it's like a pseudo... It's like a 2.5D look to it. And it's free, too. There's the whole microtransaction thing if you want to buy power-ups and whatnot. But, yeah. If you're into that show, definitely you should check it out. It shows hilarious. Um... Yeah, First it's seasons on Hulu if you want to get caught up. Oh, awesome! Yeah, no, it's oh, definitely. It's on Hulu. Yeah. Yep. Mm, I'm house sitting at a place that has Hulu. Check it out. Let's say Maybe check it out. I'll watch it if I could take a moment to get away from Seinfeld. <laughs> do, 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 do. All right, all right, guys, we've come to the end. This is it. We did it. We made it. So now it's time part of the show is the final thoughts aren't you excited I'm pumped I know you're pumped okay. I know Mike's pumped. Mike clearly isn't oh he's pumped I can just he's not saying anything because he's so pumped 
Yeah, there you go. And he's eating yeah, something. Yeah, his mouth is pumped full of Cheez-Its. Let's wait till he's That's done he's eating with. so I can cut that out because that sounds really gross. Jesus. I think he's just jacking it at this point. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> it's gross. All right. Okay. Lionel, final thoughts. I think Mike did just finish it. <laughs> <laughs> gross. Oh. Uh, final thoughts. Folks is trying to make money, and that's okay. People are trying to make games, and that's good too. But um, uh, I don't know. I guess in both cases, uh, maybe things should be planned out a bit better. Mm. But uh, don't give up your dreams. And yeah. uh, again, to be a kid who tried to do that Star Wars thing, a bit misguided, but you got heart and you got balls. Yeah, and I'm gonna try and get Hail and Clash one made this year. There you go. See, got you pumped. Got you wanting mm-hmm. to do things. All right. How about you, Mike? Any final thoughts, man? Anything to say? You know, there was an episode of Star Trek that I watched where uh, Captain Kirk cuckolded this guy <laughs> within like two hours of meeting him, but then there was a twist. The uh, <laughs> person he he cuckolded him with was a robot and then the next twist was that the guy that he cuckolded built the robot the next twist was that it wasn't the first robot that he'd built he'd built multiple failures and then the next twist was that this guy was leonardo da vinci the moral of this story you gotta know who your mama is i don't know that's but uh yeah, man. Well, actually, the moral of the episode turned out to be, and Kirk like really got stupid dumb over this girl, and uh, she ended up kicking the bucket. She kicked the robot bucket, and uh, Kirk was really distraught. And then the last scene of the of the show, Bones and Spock are there, and and they're just looking at Kirk. Kirk is just like passed out on his desk in depression. Jesus beaten by life and Bones looks at Spock and he goes you know what Spock I don't even feel that bad for him I feel bad for you cause you'll never know love cause you're a Vulcan and then Bones leaves and then Spock when no one's looking Kirk has passed out without his permission he goes and he wipes Kirk's brain of the events. That's crazy, man. Jesus. Yeah. So food for thought. Yeah. Uh, always uh. always uh stick to your dreams, kids. 